Welcome to today's episode of Let's Be Nerds. I'm your host, Lizette, and I am joined by our largest group yet. So we currently have Stephen Jay, Gordon, Dylan, Bob, and Carmen with us. How's everyone doing today? Oh, I'm doing just dandy, Lizette. How are you doing? I, you know, it's been a day, but it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's been a day. Uh, I napped all day. Lucky you. Yeah, lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Doing good and happy to be here. Good. All right. Well, we have a multi-topic today, and we have a pretty good range of topics. So, um, Gordon, why don't you kick us off? Yes. uh, Let me. um, So, I'm I'm going to be talking about Legos because I like Legos. I have too many Legos. I will always love Legos, no matter. How old I am, because Legos are cool, and no one can convince me otherwise of this fact. I feel like if someone was trying to convince you otherwise, they would definitely be in the wrong. They'd take a burrito to the face. Yes. <laughs> that, yes, um, <laughs> they would. Um, sorry, my, um, I'm using the Lego app, or fucking website, and every time I... For whatever reason, it's being stupid and won't let me exit out of a picture. But I, um, they released a new Lego kit as of recent, and it's the uh, uh, Lego Titanic. Oh, okay. With 9,090 pieces in its construction. It's either first or second to. Um, I believe it's second only to the Colosseum, which I'm trying to find the amount of pieces. I am woefully underprepared for um, <laughs> All right, this well, episode. Do because... you want me to, I have a little bit of commentary on some Lego prices while you figure out what you want to talk about. Yes, the prices are insane. Almost eight hundred dollars for the Millennium Falcon. Good what? Now see, that wasn't even seven hundred dollars. That oh, wasn't even what, that wasn't even what I was going to talk about. Honestly, That's so, what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. So I was what I was going to talk about with the prices. My sister and I were at Walmart earlier today, and um, they gave us their flyer for Black Friday sales, and I was just flipping through it. And I saw their current um, castle set that's running for, I don't know if it's the sale price or if it's a regular price running for $100. And um, Dylan, do you remember how long ago my mom got us the castle set that we had at her house? I want to say that it was like almost 15 years ago. 15 years ago. Yeah. I remember. Didn't we split that too? 
What do you mean split it? The way we bought that was weird. No, no, she paid for it. Okay. I had to. I begged her for it. Yeah. No, I thought. I thought. I. Panting. Now, you performing a, performing a seance on your grandmother? <laughs> well, I mean, it worked. More than she once, bought yes. it, so maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, I was just thinking about this because when Gabrielle and I were at the store, I was looking at what the castle set is that currently costs a hundred dollars versus the one that cost a hundred dollars back about fifteen years ago that she bought for us. Um, I, I, it hurts me too. Um, the one that she bought for us versus the one that's for sale now same price hundred dollars what they're selling now for a hundred dollars is the front wall of the castle she bought us it doesn't have it it doesn't have the dragon it doesn't have half it has like maybe maybe a third of what was in the will not lie i think i still have that dragon head floating around my room somewhere legos have gotten progressively less of contents in incredibly higher in prices. Oh, I yeah. blame inflation. I blame... Well, I, I would love to blame the fact that they switched to renewable resources, but they've been able to switch to renew, 100% renewable everything in their factories, in their bricks and everything. Even the way they produce energy for their plant, everything they're using is completely renewable, and it did not affect the pricing of anything by... Wow. It didn't affect the price of anything. They were able to fully switch uh, to renewable resources for the Legos and energy for their plants without having to increase the uh, pricing of anything, which is, everyone said it was impossible. They just kind of shut down every argument saying it is impossible by doing it three years, mm. which is impressive because... I mean that that's a relatively short amount of time when you're looking at a corporate scale of things. Absolutely, that's impressive. Well, and I, I no, go ahead since we're on the topic. I feel like I I feel like what's also inflated a lot of the Lego prices and also brought down the amount you get is collectors. I, collectors and as a company, they're looking at. They're looking at somebody going and buying all of these sets and going, if I split them, you get more money out of it. And you'll have those people who look at it and think, oh, I can resell this years down the road. I know so many people who do that. And the problem mm-hmm. is, is it works. It works. And also they've because been selling a lot Because it just inflates. More. That Oof. too. They've also picked up a lot more like brand name things. Like yeah, look at all exactly. the Star Pumped out. Now, you just mentioned oh, the Millennium Falcon. I should There's say the a... Millennium Falcon I re- said that's almost $800, which is a bit more expensive than when I last looked at it, is the one that is almost three feet by two and a half feet. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the jumbo size one, not the small one like... that I have on my shelving right next to me. It's, the it's just like the Death one. Star they released that was massive. Mm-hmm. That thing was stupidly expensive as well. You can't even buy that anymore, I don't think. You can keep your cryptocurrencies and your Bitcoin. I'm investing in Lego. <laughs> um, and that, so, so <laughs> the um, Titanic coming in at $629.99 is 9,090 pieces. And as of just 
not even a year since its release, <clears throat> the Coliseum, which is an exclusive, which has not sold out yet, mm-hmm. is only 9,036 pieces. This was known around this time last year. It was officially the world's largest official Lego set ever created, and then not even a year later, they come out with one that's even bigger. Does the Titanic one come with the door that Jack could have easily fit on? Um, I don't know. I'm looking at it. It looks very nice. It is a. It, it comes. It, there is multiple sections, but I there's. It's not that big. It doesn't have that much detail to where they have the door. I don't that want is it. That size, and that's already sold out. Wow. Back it um came out my actually I'm 99% sure it came out on my birthday so November 1st and it sold out 3 days later wow at almost it, it's saying that there's a limited quantity available for back order starting on the 8th so you're not even allowed to try and um place a hold on it when it'll come back in stock until 5 days from now that's because Unlike Xbox and PlayStation, Lego doesn't um, cater to scalpers. <laughs> you, can, you can only buy so many at a time. They they will they take away the power from those bots and scalpers so that you cannot be cheated out of in a Lego set. I can't say that much. They they have that down. So I have to ask. I mean, I was a Lincoln Log family. So I was God. never really big into the Legos. Bob, Carmen, were Legos a big part of your childhood? And with your little, with little man, are we, is Legos part of his set of toys? It should be. I agree. So Bobby was saying with Shane, he has Legos, but he's not really quite wanting to build anything with them yet. And that might be part of like, the autism he has he does uh other fun games with his legos like he turns them into traffic lights and um <laughs> and he learns his colors uh, and he kind of stims with them but that's his thing and he likes blocks and he likes like the straight lines um so it kind of helps feed in with his autism and help him uh, learn other things that's awesome yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Legos was definitely a big part of my childhood. Uh, back in the mid 90s, the sets were becoming popular. At that time, the Robin Hood name was very big. So I had a bunch of those. Um, Star Wars was just coming online, too. And uh, I used to have my whole room set up with different Lego sets after I'd built them. Maybe I'm the weirdo. Like, I never built sets with Legos. I would, like, build my own things. Like, I would make, like, a Barbie swimming pool with Legos. <laughs> <laughs> I would always build the sets and then about a week later destroy the sets and um, start making something just random. Right. Yeah, I just kind of did my own thing with whatever was, I don't know, right now. I just made, I built things that weren't sets maybe i'm weird no 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 i'm with you on that one there's a whole um i'm pretty sure if i'm correct you can on the lego app or at least not the lego app i have an app it's called rick it 
you can scan. I this is the best app for anyone who is into Legos. You can scan every single Lego piece you have in a catalog every single piece just by scanning them and show you everything you can build with them and then you can make your own designs within the app and wow. um, make little like packets for um, just be able to make little uh, like your own designs and then I'm pretty sure through the Lego website you're then able to upload these designs and possibly get it accepted as a lego set okay there is you're as long as you're able to show step by step with pictures how to build your set you can share it to lego and then there's a chance that that becomes an official set i just forget the exact process of how to do that do you get royalties if it does i'm not sure i read it like (laughs) i would hope i would think I, i would hope so but i um read it when I was going through other things so I'm unsure if you were actually able to hey you never know but it's great that that a company like that opens it up to its patrons and to help be part of the creative processes yeah if you think about it not many companies allow that type of user or I guess consumer input or feedback yeah, I feel like I feel like Lego has done it the best, and they were the best company for it with the creativity that goes into it. Mm-hmm. They think outside the box in some ways, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I was like, is she being punny? <laughs> I am being very punny right now. <laughs> Did it brick by brick? Leave her alone. She went to Uh, well on that note um gordon do you have anything else you want to add or i don't think so okay um well carmen since you decided to be kind of punny we're gonna throw it to you (laughs) next um so you wanted to tell us about some webtoons and then one in particular right yeah so um during the pandemic, I found out about Webtoons. Um, Webtoons is an app-based format for, like, online comics. Um, it started actually, like, way back in the early 2000s. It was created out of Korea, and I might be saying this wrong, so um, somebody correct me because I don't know. Um, it was a Korean manhwa. Not manga, manhwa, I think. It's manhwa. Manhwa? I did say it right. (laughs) (laughs) It was uh, made in Korea, uh, the Korean manhwa format, and it became very, very popular in Korea. It kind of started in the early 2000s, and then it really started gaining traction in like the 20 teens um, when it became an app based program, as well as being online, like with a website. Um, So, right now, it still is. Majorly or majority of the comics are still Korean in that manhwa format, that manhwa style, but it is starting to kind of open up its market um, with some more Western kind of uh, drawings, artists, and motifs. Um, It's said online and just kind of reading it from one of these articles called 
bleedingcool.com <laughs> says that 78% of the users uh, who use Webtoons are app-based. So they're reading it on their cell phone or their tablet. And instead of being like a typical comic where you would have it kind of go from left to right, um, these are read as you're scrolling a page. So they go up and down. Um, and it kind of just makes sense if people are on their cell phones, you're reading the comics, you're kind of scrolling and browsing and you're reading things and it flows kind of seamlessly where one panel just kind of goes into the next, goes into the next. There's no real lines, so to speak. Um, and so the one that I was going to talk about is one of my favorites that I found during the pandemic that I'm obsessed with <laughs> it's a webtoon <laughs> called laura olympus uh, it's written by rachel smythe uh, she's based out of new zealand um, her style it, it kind of feels like watercolors uh, it's it's very unique it doesn't feel like i'm reading a comic like i'm just looking at an animation but her colors are so beautiful and it, it just it just kind of feels like i'm looking at a painting um the story itself lore olympus kind of like the name implies is about greek mythology which is something else i'm a nerd about <laughs> <laughs> um but it's a creative oh so and i'm sorry and and tattooed about sorry I had to and tattooed about <laughs> I actually have the um, the main theme of this myth or this story is a creative retelling of the myth of Hades and Persephone and I have Hades and Persephone tattooed on my arm. Um, I want to see that. 180 episodes. <laughs> Holy hell! So yeah, so so she's on season two um she's said on online in some articles that i've read that she anticipates and plans having three seasons of this comic so they're still on season two plus there will be a whole entire third season to come out and some other good news kind of like hype around this is netflix announced they're going to try to pick up and turn series into an animation so there will be an animated series on netflix sometimes in the future that's wild um as well as the author was also able to get her entire first season in print form and it just came out i heard about that i've pre-ordered it back when she first announced it in like april or may of this year i have been waiting for this i have my shipping notification i cannot <laughs> wait for this to come <laughs> So well, I don't, I've got, that's, I'm, I'm sorry that I kind of don't have too much information because I don't want to spoil it. So that, uh, no. I mean, I <laughs> that's why I can't say app. anything because I'm fully caught up on it. Right. And it's such a great retelling in such a new and different way that makes it more modern and more enjoyable. It definitely is. It's one of those things where like, I know Greek mythology. I can't say I know everything about Greek mythology, but what I know about Greek mythology is the myth of Hades and Persephone, like as told in any history class or any other like mythology class, is it always makes Persephone out to be like this damsel in distress and like this thing happens to her and it's just, woe is me. And it's Hades' fault. Right. And I thought to myself, you know, of all of the couples that are in, the Olympian lore, Hades and Persephone, historically, are the only couple 
that were faithful to one another. One another. You know, Zeus had multiple affairs. Mm-hmm. Hera had affairs. Um, most of the Greek gods and goddesses are pretty much known for being very. That's floozy. how you explain Greek mythology, <laughs> right? Uh, I would say horn dogs. That's exactly it. That's exactly. It. <laughs> pretty much. They're just, They're like I got nothing just, better to do. Right. <laughs> Hades and Persephone don't. They're the only couple that once they're together, they remain together and they're faithful to one another. So that kind of tells me is their relationship is something special. It can't just be that he took her, kidnapped her. There's something else to it. So why couldn't they have been committed to one another? Why couldn't they love each other? And why couldn't their relationship have been consensual? So Mm -hmm. that's kind of the theme I get from her comic. Her retelling is that it's very much a respectful relationship where they both respect each other. It was a mutual kind of attraction towards one another. Um, And while there are themes throughout, like, all of the different stories, you know, that touch on kind of tricky subjects, I feel that she does it, like, very tastefully, very sensitively. It's Um, done in a mature way. (laughs) Very much so, you know. It's a young adult kind of theme. It's a PG-13 rating, so it's not... And there are some things on Webtoons that can have that R rating, so it can get kind of into the adult section of... um, manwa in in a sense um and this is pg-13 so it's got a little bit of a younger demographic so to speak so it it wants to talk on topics like you know depression anxiety abuse assault but it does so like you said very maturely respectfully a little bit more approachable yeah very much approachable Mm -hmm. You've got me really intrigued because I definitely... <laughs> I've been meaning to tell you about it, Liza. I just keep forgetting. <laughs> there's a... Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I keep seeing stuff for it. And I'm like, I really wanted to look into it. The art style throws me off a little bit, though, because it's so different from everything, anything I've seen before. I love it. But I, I actually, I just pulled up the first... Um, the first episode and I'm scrolling through it right now as you're talking about it, so... <laughs> I'm definitely going to have to look into this. This might be what I do tomorrow before I go to work. <laughs> I have to say I'm interested too. And on YouTube and on Instagram, the web, <laughs> the webtoon app is being consistently suggested to me. Mm-hmm. And I've, you know, it's one of those things where I hate to admit it, but maybe the Instagram ads and all the, you know, cyber overreach is correct. Maybe this yeah. is something that I need to get behind. Um, but I definitely four point one million subscribers can't be wrong. Holy it is, cow! It is the according to um, what I just looked on Wikipedia. It says Laura Olympus is the most popular webtoon on its platform. Boom. Okay. It is number one for top series. Looking at it right now. There you go. Yeah. Ranked with yeah forty four million hearts. Forty four million hearts. <laughs> now, I am one of those. With uh, five, same. Uh, 5.3 one of million confirmed <laughs> like uh, subscribers, I think, or uh, maybe people with confirmed accounts. Yeah, I'm not sure. That's still impressive. And, hmm. and the series only came out in 2018. Um, 
So it's very new. It's very recent. Anybody can jump in. And the, the great thing about Webtoons is it's a free app. You don't pay anything. There's no subscription. So all of the episodes that have already been released, you can literally read through all of them to bring yourself back up to where the story currently is. Um, and then Webtoons also has... Like it's kind of like a paid format, so to speak, where you could pay to like jump ahead. So like <laughs> a pre pre release. So I guess that's the right word. Dylan, how do you describe the uh, the coins? It's, where you so basically the coins la- allow you to not have to wait the week release. Oh, it's yeah. like early, it's early access is what okay. early access. There you go. Five coins so, per episode. Yeah, and the coins aren't that expensive. I say no. that, but no, it's it's super affordable. I I pay like the five dollars um, to fill my yeah. bank, and I have to do that like maybe once every couple of months. They have from ninety nine cents up to a hundred dollars to buy coins. Right. Yeah, and you can do that for any series. It's not just like limited to Lore Olympus. So if there's another series that you want to read, that you want to check out, and you want to skip the line, you want to jump ahead to that early access to some of the other episodes that haven't released yet for free, you can use those coins on any of the comics, any of the stories. It's interesting. I, I kind of like that that idea of... I, they would get my money. Like if I really got invested, that's a good marketing strategy that I would I would pay. And every time yeah, you I use do it. The coins for pay, I do it all the time. It's a problem. I do it all the time. <laughs> um, I did it for the series I was a part of all the time as well. Yeah. Um, the coins also go towards supporting the creators and stuff like that. And that's another thing I yes. like about webtoons is they really back their creators and really try to get at least everyone's story to the front. Yes. Uh, like yeah. Every time I they hop do a on, lot of those contests. They're like, if you're not even, if you're just a reader, do you want to, do you want to try writing and stuff like that? You can join this writing contest mm-hmm. and all that fun stuff. Wow. And they do or like they a different like, one every yeah. month. Yeah. Or the green light for like new series. Like, hey, check out these, you know, five new series and vote on your favorite. So it's drawing attention to their like up and coming creators. Yes. Yeah. YouTube, take a page from that book. <laughs> Sorry, I said what I said. YouTube but... can't read, that's why it's videos. Um... <laughs> I have to close this tab because I'm just sitting here reading it and I'm completely <laughs> out of our conversation. The story is so good. So like, even if you think you know anything about Greek mythology, it's just mm-hmm. such a unique take on it. Putting There's it in always a, a pleasant world. twist. Yes. Well, I'll tell you this. I uh, am currently downloading the app. <laughs> <laughs> so you if got you're my interested vote. in any others, I uh, I have like three or four that I've subscribed to that I'm really into. But we can talk about that at another time. Wayne Family Adventures. That's the one that was that one's adver- so much fun. <laughs> that was what was advertised to me on Instagram. I enjoy that one a lot. I go through my Instagram Explore page, and it's a lot of like fan art. Because you know, yes. I love I love fan art, and so I wonder if maybe that's why they picked up on that. Okay, probably. All right. You know what? Webtoons send Carmen and Dylan a check because you got to download, and probably you're going to get some of my money. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Alrighty. Um, 
do we have anything else we want to add to this? Or I, I'm sorry, guys, I tuned out, so I don't know if there's anything else. <laughs> you were reading the damn comic book. I was. <laughs> because it's was... good. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, uh... If there's nothing else we want to add to that, um, Stephen, did you want to tell us a little bit about your topic before we go to an ad read? I do. Um, and this is something that I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. I uh, have been hounding everybody, like, get your multi-topic topic in so we can decide the order. Um, I got off work tonight, and part of why I was running late is I was looking for my topic, and I came across <laughs> this story, and I became enthralled. And um, I think that this really speaks to a lot of us as individuals and how we go through life. And it also speaks to, I think, the goal of this podcast. So, um, yes, I spent 15 minutes after my shift uh, reading the story and trying <laughs> not to tear up. Um, so you... Here at Let's Be Nerds, you know, our main thing is, is to make the term nerd and the appreciations of fandoms like unstigmatized and to really celebrate anybody like, for example, Gordon, I've known you for how long and I never knew you were into Legos and I think that's awesome. Like stuff like that is what we try to do with this show. And when I read this story, kind of made me disheartened because i sometimes wonder are we fighting like a non-existent problem like is are we making this like making a bigger deal out of it than it really is but then i read about little evan stuckman and this went viral on facebook um this was covered by comicbook.com and newsmax did a segment on him so i don't know if you guys are up on this but at the time of recording we're right off of the heels of halloween um Jill Evans' mother uh, took to Facebook, and it's actually really disheartening because if you go on her page uh, right now, you see the timeline of events. Um, her handle on Instagram, mind you, I'm going to be shamelessly plugging everybody involved in the story, so bear with me. But if you go on Facebook, her handle is Jill Stahl Stuckman. And if you scroll through, you, you see how the day started out. Uh, she posted it on October 22nd, and it's clearly like a before school waiting for the bus picture moment. And little Evan is dressed up like Tony Stark out of the Iron Man costume. So if everybody and we're going to try to add these to the video um, and just drop them as inserts. So those of you listening if you're listening on an audio only format, this might be a time to jump over to YouTube so you can see these. Everybody has access to the admin chat, right? So I'm going to send them in there. So these are the um, before school photos. Um, little man looks like Tony Stark. And I, I want you guys' feedback before I continue. But check out this costume, right? That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, that looks so good. Right? It's the glasses. The glasses pull it together. And, and the, just that the make, look he has. The makeup on the face, the eyebrows. Bob, Carmen, you guys can see admin chat, right? We're on pulling Discord? it up. Okay. So I should have warned you that you'd have to have you'd have uh, references. You're good. Well, how about, um, Steve, do you want to jump to an ad read while everybody's looking at pictures real fast? Absolutely. 
let's do that. We will be right back. All right, we are back. So, all right, so we've all had a chance to look at the pictures that Steven sent us, right? Yeah, he was really cute. Yeah. Right? His little makeup with a mustache. And I think, Dylan, you're right. Like, his little facial expressions really sent it home. He's nailed it. So, just the attitude. Mm-hmm. He just, yeah. And you can tell that, like, he was really embodying the character. And so to give a little bit of backstory on Evan, his mother explained in the interviews after this situation, there's photos, and she's released them, of him taking his yearbook photos or school picture day. He shows up in a suit. He'll show up in a tux. Like, this kid clearly has a lot of personality, and he's not really (laughs) afraid to, you know... What kid goes to the high school photo... Or school... I'm sorry, the school year photo book shoot in a tuxedo or wants to yeah and you'd think that he would have like you know anxiety or the kid's gonna make fun of him but he never did like he was always just very much an individual well those photos were taken the ones that i sent you and 20 minutes later uh after he got on the bus the jill and her husband who i don't believe was named in the article um received a phone call from the school that Apparently, upon arriving at the school after the bus ride, Evan immediately went into the bathroom and he washed all of the makeup off that was making up the mustache and the, the, Stony, the Tony Stark style facial hair. Mm. And uh, he went to the office and he explained to the women in the office that he was not comfortable and he wanted to leave. Uh, so Jill and her husband went to the school and... Um, they actually posted a photo and I, I personally don't feel comfortable resharing this one. And I know that when she did it, she's made it clear. She did not expect this to go viral. So she's actually even gone on record saying that she apologized to Evan because she took a photo of him to show the aftermath. When they finally got him off out of the school and back in the car, there's a photo of him in the backseat of the vehicle. And you can see his little eyes are swollen from crying. And he is clearly distraught and all of the makeup's gone. So Jill went on to explain that he didn't want to stay for his Halloween party. And that essentially the kids on the bus convinced him that everyone would think it was stupid and that like his makeup was stupid and that essentially the, the weight of the words of what they, whatever they said to him got to him to the point where he just couldn't emotionally or did not have the desire to finish out. And um, the irony of this to Jill was, you know, this is the most confident kid in the world. You know, he doesn't typically care what people say or think. And so whatever they did to him had to have been so terrible that this finally like broke him and really beat him down. So, Jill wasn't completely convinced that he wasn't going to be upset if he missed the Halloween party that day at school. So she and her husband took him to Starbucks. I believe it was both of them. I'm not sure if maybe he, the husband was at work, but the way that I interpreted the article, it sounds like both of them were available. They took him to Starbucks. They kind of said the same things like, you know, you do all of this and you never let anything affect you. Are you really sure that you're going to let these people upset you and ruin your day because this costume is phenomenal. 
And so with a little bit of Starbucks love and a little bit of parental love, she finally asked him, she goes, you don't want to miss your party. You want to go back. And he said, yes. So quick on her feet, Jill redoes his entire makeup, uh, gets him, gets the costume back in order. And uh, they walk in and they have to, I assume, sign him back into school. And apparently all of the office ladies are the ones who really kicked this off. Whatever secretary, administrative personnel were in there, apparently when they saw Evan, they they just lost it because he was so adorable. And she said that, you know, that had to have been good for Evan to realize the negative things people were telling him weren't true. So then he proceeds to go throughout his day and he has an amazing time at this Halloween party. He continuously gets compliments uh, Jill, being the mother that she seems to be, brought this up to whoever was in a supervisory position. And the boys or girls, they never were specific, who basically bullied him on the bus, were mandated that they had to give him an apology. And mm-hmm. uh, so it brought that situation full circle. And Evan, then there's photos after, and they're much different than the puffy-eyed sad child in the back of the car well then this thing takes on a life of its own on facebook (laughs) and little evan and jill go viral and it is one of the coolest stories he's received an outpouring of love and support she said that it's been not just within the united states it's been all across she was worried because she kind of posted him in a vulnerable moment with the crying photo but she was updating the story in real time Mm -hmm. so I don't think she did anything wrong as a mother. I think that these types of moments can just happen. And I don't think she did it with the intention of any kind of internet fame. Um, You can tell by the way she speaks and the way she's quoted that she just seems like a very hands-on mom and just was trying to shed light on bullying. Well, (laughs) now Evan is getting an outpouring of letters and cards and uh, he's getting, he actually got a shout out on TikTok from a TikToker that goes, his name's Daniel Morrison, but he goes by the handle Stark Realities. Mm-hmm. And this guy makes his fame off of looking like Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. He gave little Evan a shout out. And then um, there was a, a lady on Instagram named Charlotte. Her handle, if you want to go follow her, for those of you listening, uh, her, na- her handle on there is Starling Rosie. And she did, she wrote Evan and Jill a letter and then did an, a piece of art of Tony Stark as Iron Man and then Evan as Iron Man or Tony Stark and she sent them all to him and quite honestly it was a beautiful act of kindness Charlotte I messaged you on this if you're listening to this I messaged you on Instagram a uh, huge fan of your art um, definitely think what you did was definitely part of making this story a, a positive one um, I just love to see, I hate to hear these types of things, but I love to see the responses and Halloween's a time for creativity and it's a time to let your fandom and your nerddom show. And Evan, I can't speak for everyone here on this podcast, but we support you. We think you're awesome. Keep being who you are. You're, you're an example of why we're trying to do this show. And I just, I will die on this hill. Don't shame somebody for something that they love. Right. Sorry. I, 
Well what said, you, buddy. What do you guys think? I mean, you guys saw the costume. I'm not crazy here. Like, little Evan killed it. He's going to be a professional cosplayer someday. And I know exactly um, what you're talking about. I didn't know the story actually behind it, but I remembered seeing on my news feed um, the the sad picture and i didn't read the story i just immediately saw the sad picture i knew something bad had happened and i couldn't emotionally prepare myself to read something sad about another child and Mm -hmm. i could see in the words like things pulled out like bullying and i was like i can't do this so i didn't Mm -hmm. read the story i had no idea that this was the story but i know the picture you're talking about and that picture is heartbreaking Mm -hmm. i don't think like you said like it wasn't for attention it's just like this is a mom who's just like heart is breaking for her son because he was so passionate about something and cared about something and was really excited about something and it literally tore him down and nobody wants to see that for their kid no definitely not so i'm I'm happy to hear the positive ending and that there's a positive outcome out of this because um that picture was really sad and Mm -hmm. he was a really amazing tony stark (laughs) i'm just gonna say he's fantastic he would be a comic-con sensation he would absolutely be a comic-con sensation (laughs) if i saw that little dude running around anywhere with that that get up or any like thing that is even remotely that well done I'm going to be fawning over it. I'm going to be thinking it's the coolest thing. I want my picture with yeah, him. I know. He should right. have a panel. My jacket. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sign my jacket. <laughs> I love it. I um, And just real quick, Jill has opened up a P.O. box if anybody. And um, I will be purchasing a, a card on behalf of Let's Be Nerds to send the little Evan without like all of our kind wishes. But if you would like to send little Evan a Halloween card or anything, any artwork, their P.O. box that they opened is P.O. Box 362 Cottleville, C-O-T-T-L-E-V-I-L-L-E, Maryland, 63338. Uh, was it Maryland or was it, <laughs> hang on, I thought I read Montana. Oh, fact check me. I thought I, I could have been wrong. I thought I said Maryland. Let me pull it back up. I don't know. As somebody with nieces and nephews, it's just a human on this planet. I'm just... Just a human who is doing something he loves. He's being his authentic self. And there's nothing more that you can ask for somebody than to be their authentic self. And if that makes you happy, then be you. Mm-hmm. And just to see their creative drive at such a young age to yeah. put in the mm-hmm. effort to dress like that and present yourself in such a way is awesome to see. Mm. Missouri. Missouri. Oh, my gosh. Okay. That is Coddles, Coddleville, Missouri. That, is, that area code for around here didn't look right either. I was like, <laughs> well, I don't I know. The state, the, state been code, great. the state code was M-O, and I always read that as Montana, but Montana's M-T. So. <laughs> Sometimes you had a fact check, and we just go, we'll get it right. Okay. I never um, would have noticed. <laughs> well, definitely, if anybody listening wants to send him a card or a letter of support, that's great. Uh, we want to shout out Charlotte that did the amazing artwork for him. I know that that really helped him in, a, in essentially like just really brightened his day. Um, again, I gave her handle Starling Rosie. Um, Charlotte, I love your artwork and um, yeah, followed you on Instagram. All know. right. Sorry, I just happy to sad. I love stories like that, or sad to happen. No, that's love great. It. It's a good yeah, ending. Absolutely, it's, it's a very good ending for something that could have been very, you know, sad, Depressing. traumatic. Sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, if nobody has anything else to add to that, um, Dylan, you were going to talk about one of our favorite video games. Uh, I, I, I love it so much. It's on my arm permanently. Yes. <laughs> I just really excited to talk about Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask and the kind of themes in the game that you really don't notice as a kid until you grow up and you look at it from a different viewpoint and you've experienced more things. Because I always found the underlying theme to Majora's Mask is the stages of grief and losing someone. So the, the whole start of the game is the end of uh, Ocarina of Time, Navi leaves Link. His best friend, someone there has been to his side since the first opening of that game. And the entirety of Ocarina of Time is him pretty much experienced life-changing events trying to find someone and then getting over their loss. And it, it's brought up multiple times in the game. Every time you get a new mask, if anyone knows anything about the game, you get a bunch of different masks from characters that form into a character. And using the masks and completing the stories, you end up fulfilling the person who the mask was made from. You end up fulfilling their final wishes before they passed away and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Filling in their role, letting people finish their own stories with someone that is no longer there and has no chance to finish it. And I always just found that to be like a very powerful message to me, especially as I got older and stuff like that and things happen. Lots of things happen. No, that's deep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From a video game you play as a kid and you still play as an adult and you just learn more, I always just love that from this game. Yeah, because it definitely feels like every time you go back and play it, there's another element of the story that'll stand out to you in a way that you're like, oh, I kind of needed that right now. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that a lot myself. And then if we look at the main villain, Skull Kid... In all actuality, he's far from a villain. He's a child. He's a good example of someone that never had anything, was about to lose what little bit he had, and was given a choice to keep it. And then he Mm -hmm. kind of just ran wild with it. And Mm -hmm. let let the joke go too far. That's all it was for him the entire time. It was a game. Yeah, because if if I'm not mistaken, at the end of that game, you also, like, once you defeat him in that final boss battle, he's not actually gone. Like, you just kind of set him back to how he was before he was put under the influence of Majora's Mask itself. You broke the spell of Majora's Mask. Yeah. You broke the spell of someone who was corrupting a child or someone who didn't know better. Yeah, some, someone who was dealing with abandonment and lost themselves who fell under this influence. Mm-hmm. Actually feels very relevant with some stuff going on. So that sounds right really now. deep. I didn't mm-hmm. even, I never even caught that or picked up on that. A lot of people don't, and that's the beauty of sharing it with people. Yeah. And then there's, there's so much more you can go into with it. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so... The whole stone temple, the stone tower temple in the game is actually a, um, I didn't realize this until I was doing more research. It's actually a reflection of the Tower of Babel. Hmm. It was um, built 
by the uh, Temerians, or however you say that, I probably said that really wrong. Temerians? Temerian? No, I'm talking about in the game, not the uh, not, not the actual life. Babel, but the Stone uh... Tower Temple was built so they could um, defeat Hyrule. It was supposed to connect them to Hyrule. So oh, the, ter- show... the Terminians. Terminians, that's how you say it. Oh, okay. Close. Close enough. <laughs> it's just another reflection in a game you don't realize until you actually sit down, read it, and look at it and understand the game more as an adult. Yeah, there's also... um. Did you ever read the manga for Majora's Mask or no? It's been a very long time because I borrowed them from you. Okay, I couldn't remember if you had them or not. Um, I've actually been kind of wanting don't have to have them anymore. Well, you can come over and okay. You can come over and read them again if you want. But it definitely adds more depth to some of the story that when you're playing the game, you might um, miss out on certain details and it fleshes out the Skull Kid story a little bit more as well, if I'm remembering correctly. And kind I, of, I believe so. Yeah, kind of why, what he was going through and why he fell under the influence of the mask. And then at the end of it, I believe Link kind of stays around, tries to keep him company for a little bit because he feels bad for him. I, but, think, I, I, I do believe he, he, he plays with him. He yeah. makes him feel valued. He did the one thing any of the Skull Kids ever wanted was to have someone to play with them. Yeah. Can I tell my just, Majora's just to Mask feel story? Valued. Yeah, go on. So, uh, Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time was a huge part of my childhood, and it came out in a time where it's it's weird because looking at it as a child versus looking at it as as an adult is two different worlds for me. So, Ocarina of Time came out, and it was something that I actively played with my brother. And he was very good at it, much better than I. Uh, we had, back in the day with Nintendo 64, you could only have like a few saved games. And mm-hmm. he had his, and I had mine, and he was clearly <laughs> beating everything and doing everything. And he would help me through certain boss fights and do all that stuff. And then whenever he was away at West Point, and then, you know, essentially he was at college. Uh, Major, I got a copy of Majora's Mask, and it was like, partially at the time, I blamed it on, well, it's too hard for me, and Mike's not here to get me through it. So I just never, I never appreciated it. And I, I was seeing some of the deeper meaning behind, like, you know, you're helping everybody in the town with their side storylines. You're, you're help, helping, helping the married couple, and you're, you're doing this, and you're doing that, and you're completing all these tasks that seemed, at the time, almost meaningless to me. But Link, the, the character, really is, like, trying to be something to everybody throughout the entire progression of the game. And... As, in, as a kid, it was frustrating, and I think I was angry because, you know, I didn't have my older brother there to beat it for me. But as looking at it, <laughs> looking at it as an adult, I've gone back through, and one video on YouTube that I really want to highlight, uh, it's a creator by the name of Nexpo, N-E-X-P-O. He did a video on Majora's Masks and deeper meanings and, and what you can take away from it, and I really recommend it. 
because I, I was watching it and I'm not going to lie. I, I got like a, a little bit freaked out at some of the darker undertones, but like I realized that my problem with this game was more that it was like a reflection of real life that I wasn't, I, I was like disassociating from, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. It's a very powerful game and I wish that, you know, I would have actually played through it on the console at the time and not just, you know, gone back and ran it on an emulator later. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. It's one of those things, too, though. If you play that game when you're too young, a lot of the messages do go over your head. Mm-hmm. Almost all of them. Yes. That, that's kind of the thing about The Legend of Zelda, because, you know, how many games are there now, you know, from the original NES to, to where we are now? That franchise has always been handled with so much care, and always well done that you know everybody comes into the franchise at different times and you know you're able to pick up on those different themes as you grow as you mature because it is a very mature and sophisticated game and that's what i think i love the most about the series overall is that it means so much to so many people at different times of their life Mm -hmm. i agree hundred percent as well. That's why mm-hmm. it's my number one video game series and no one can change my mind ever. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people would side with you on that, honestly. I just, I want to go back to those times. <laughs> like I, it makes me nostalgic. It, it brings even, it, like you said, Bob, it's like it becomes a part of whenever you enter that, it becomes a part of whatever phase of life you're in. And I like, in the back of my mind, I long for those days of... Yeah. I don't know. It's... Because I remember those Ocarina of Time days with you and your brother playing it. I was mm-hmm. there watching you guys play it mm-hmm. sometimes. And, uh, you know, that brought right there. You just explained that. That was a good time that, mm-hmm. you know, I instantly went back to. It's it's crazy, the effect. It's like I remember, like, I mean, my parents were never those types of parents that were anti-video game. They understood that it was... You know, there was a limit for everything, but it was like they also understood it as like that was bonding. That was, you know, Saturday nights, my aunt, my uncle and my parents would be hanging out doing stuff. And we would be <laughs> all of us playing like James Bond Goldeneye or like, <laughs> Zelda. And it was like it was such a part of our childhood where we weren't like, I guess, iPad kids or, or whatever the term that people try to spin it negatively now it's like that can still be bonding and memories and it, it doesn't need a negative connotation and I'm lucky I grew up in a family that didn't view it that way well you know how many you know kids that were gamers grew up to be parents who are gamers and now game with their children and mm-hmm. that's just as much bonding as going out to shoot hoops or you know building legos building legos Mm -hmm. going fishing you know those kind of things yeah (laughs) full circle with this conversation guys we'll bring it around town Mm -hmm. (laughs) bring it around is that a spongebob i think that's a spongebob (laughs) (laughs) love that even more i'm ready i'm sorry bob what were you gonna say also, does anybody know the Motion City soundtrack song off of uh, My Dinosaur Life where they, where, uh, the singer references the Ocarina of Time? No. Oh, wait a minute. I love them. Me and you have seen them live. Yes. 
Yes. Um, the name of the song is actually a bunch of like uh, asterisks and things to kind of uh, simulate a censored swear word. L-G-F-A. No, 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 not that one. It's off the album My Dinosaur Life. And again, it's just like exclamation points, hashtags and symbols. And it's, you know, again, exclamation hashtag question mark at exclamation point like a like a censored swear right yeah so the like the lead into the song is like back in 99 i beat the ocarina of time i'm quite the legend in this town that's (laughs) i love that i love that band so much yeah motion city is awesome that was like and even that like that was my whole like junior sophomore senior year that was everything that was that was such a uh, such a good time you know, I never played Legend of Zelda myself. I always watched people play it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of like. But now you kind of want to play it. Well, now I kind of want to play it, but now, but, like, <laughs> <laughs> but the thing that I'm like picking up on you guys talking about is just like an outsider kind of looking in is like you talking about how, you know, all those things that you thought were quote unquote side quests um, and how you're like, what's this do? What's this like? what's the point of doing this? Where does this go with my story? Like outsider looking in, I'm like, okay, but that has like the psychological pull to it of like, I'm person. one. Yes. Be mm-hmm. a good person. I'm one person and no, I can't change the world, but I can affect, you know, the lives of people, the lives you. of people around me. So there's like this like psychology aspect that I'm picking up on just of you guys talking about it. And I'm like, think about how many people would be just nicer people and kinder people in the world. If they just played, ocarina of time mm-hmm. now that and you say that it that's <laughs> actually <laughs> that's what they were trying because what's really interesting when you play majora's mask because you're playing on a it's a three-day time loop so okay. you, you can actually observe the difference you make if, if you yeah if you don't do anything to help certain characters you can see their story play out if you don't interfere mm-hmm. versus if you mm. help them you can and you can do it as many times as you want because at the end of the third day you have to reset the time, go back and start over again. Okay. So you can you can do like you can help someone halfway and then never finish and see how their story plays out. You can help them all the way, see it through to the end, or you can just kind of watch them from a distance and never help and see how it plays out that way as well so you can't change the world but for one person you can you know affect their world so yes. to speak mm-hmm. in the course of three days time. in the course yeah. of three days time <laughs> well, I, also, I also feel like now that you mentioned that whole you know the little helping things and people i i realize it's affected me in my life i'm big on helping people do their thing finish their thing helping them exceed at their thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i realize that's kind of the whole point of majora's mask and a lot of the Nintendo style games is just being a good person and helping people out. Yeah. And it shaped the man that you you become, Dylan. You know, I mean, know. in a way. It's terrifying to think about it now. <laughs> I'm going to go have a crisis now. <laughs> On the next rad. episode of Let's Be Nerds, there's an identity crisis. <laughs> but we also, um, Dylan, you and I and a lot of our cousins grew up playing those games with our grandmother watching our grandmother play the watching, game watching that's our that's, again that's my point you know yeah. what i mean it's mm-hmm. it's such a a legacy of a franchise yeah because i i remember my mom complaining to me about how 
when my grandmother got the first NES and she was playing the original Legend of Zelda game and my my mom wasn't really <laughs> fond of video games for a while because she just had bad memories from a child from her childhood where she wasn't allowed to watch TV because you couldn't because, save it and turn yeah, it off. Yeah. <laughs> So they weren't allowed, if they so much as breathed on my grandmother's video game systems, they got in trouble. <laughs> so the for tables the, have turned. <laughs> for like the longest time, my mom was just like, she would let us play, but she wasn't very fond of them. And it took until like Animal Crossing came out and she started playing that. And she, she was like Harvest like, Moon. She, she did like Harvest Moon, but she didn't play it. She watched us play it. Mm. Animal Crossing, and she would play Mario Kart and Mario Party with us. But the the main one that she would play by herself was Animal Crossing. Yeah. And God help you if you messed up her island. Yeah. <laughs> I do have to say one thing, and Liza, I think you'll agree with this. Bob and Carmen are like very heavily, basically family, and in, in Johnstown standard, they are essentially our family because our yeah. side isn't as big as you guys. So. Friends become family. That yes. is the one thing that I just realized. Bob and Carmen have met so many of our family members, but they never met your grandmother. Shh. Oh. I would lo- I would love to see that because you know what she'd do? She would just be cheering Carmen on and she'd be constantly busting ball- Bob's balls. Probably. So really no different than any other day in my house is what you're saying? <laughs> right. <laughs> She's always very pro-woman, and she's always, like, given a heart. But the thing is, is, like, you know that she doesn't love you. If you're a guy and she isn't busting your balls, she doesn't love you. That's so, true love. That's yeah. true love, guys. <laughs> she, she, you love me so much. I love you so much. <laughs> my, my grandmother, like, refuses to remember my husband's name at this point, and she's known him his entire life. She's just like, tell that man you're married to that I love him, too. <laughs> she doesn't even remember my name. What are you talking about? She doesn't remember my name, either. She calls us the cat's name. She calls us our parents' names. That's hilarious. Or she says, "Hey you, hey you." Yeah, "Hey you" is the more accurate one. Yeah. <laughs> on my parents, on my parents' wedding day, she did not. She had not met. I and you're gonna have to remember the story with me, Liza, because they okay. just told it when you were in. Yeah. I think. Yes. But like, she said something absolutely. Like, she's walking into the church. Obviously, my mom is, you know, in her wedding dress, so she's in hiding. You know, can't mm-hmm. be seen. But like, Leah. God bless this woman. She says something like absolutely ridiculous to my dad on her way, like in. Like I think he's like receiving people or whatever. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't what, remember what he she I said can't to him. Remember what it was. He looks it, her. This is when I think she met her match. He looked her dead in the eyes and was like, "Oh, you're the one they warned me about. You must be Leah." <laughs> and, they, and they were. They just have loved each other ever since. <laughs> ever since. <laughs> oh my Sorry. goodness. We have to make that connection somehow happen. Yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> it might have to be like a video call or something. Something. Because I, I know she's not going to really be able to make the trip up as much as she would love to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it'll be a hassle to get everybody down here. So either that or maybe meeting halfway for lunch sometime. Mm-hmm. I might be able to well, make that happen. I want her to do the podcast. So I think when Anchor <laughs> when Anchor releases the video version, I think that we'll yeah. need to coordinate like an all cast thing and like have her talk about nerd like culture that's impacted her life and 
you're gonna have you're gonna have to explain to her what that means. But yes, yeah, we- <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be too bad. Just bring up Pokemon Go, Pikmin. Oh, she she just no, no. How much sounds money? like we just need to you know just throw stuff at her and just get her hot takes on everything, and then that oh, will yeah. be podcast gold. I, so like an omnibus of nerd Yes, hey, we so. love we love hot takes. If we uh, once we get that set up, I'll just bring her over here and set her up in front of my computer with the webcam and just let her have at it. It, it might become her podcast after that episode, but I'm here mm-hmm. for it. We're <laughs> here to support her. We're the supporting yeah. cast. Yeah, that. well, I'll just take a demotion and it'll be fine. Right? <laughs> Wait, I got a promotion. Yeah, you're full time cast now. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, everybody's like, "This is this is the future, man." I'm, I already have an idea for next Wednesday, but we're gonna we'll get there when we <laughs> when we get there. <laughs> we only have a week. It's fine. It's fine. Gosh, alrighty. Well, on that note, Bob, you have a, a theme that kind of ties into what we've been talking about, sort of. That's right. Uh, you know. I think everybody in this podcast and probably listeners at home uh, love movies and they love video games. Put the two together. What do you think? Something spectacular is going to happen? Sometimes. Sometimes not. Sometimes (laughs) not anymore. Sometimes not. (laughs) uh, You know, this is just really kind of my observation of a few things. I mean, we all know um, that video games have a huge fan base in certain franchises like The Legend of Zelda or Final Fantasy, Super Mario Brothers, Resident Evil, you know, there's uh, there's a bunch of people um, out there that these titles, these characters, these stories truly mean something to them. And when Hollywood picks one of these up and, uh, you know, brings them to theaters, expectations are high for a lot of fans. And are these fans being served? You know, what's their reactions? Things like that. And... Um, Video game movies have kind of had a dotted past, you know, um, and they're also relatively recent. Uh, But before I get into that, uh, what really sparked this idea is there's a couple of movies and a television show coming out in the near future that really got my attention. The first one is uh, coming this November 24th, Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. Now, if you've seen the Resident Evil movies uh, with Mia Jovovich, you know, you know, it's loosely based around the video game, but not doesn't necessarily capture the spirit. Mm -hmm. Right. It doesn't doesn't represent it the same way. Right. 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 Um, Has anyone seen the trailer for this? No, I didn't even know this was coming out, and you piqued my interest. I did. It came up on a YouTube ad, and I got to watch it through YouTube. So for those that haven't seen it, um, it will bring you right back to 1995 <laughs> or whenever you first played that game. And, you know, it opens up, you know, the mansions there. The first scene where, where the, uh, the stars team, you know, happens upon their first zombie. Um, it's, it's all there and it gives you all the feels. And I feel I, I have high expectations as a player of that game. Um, that it is going to capture the spirit of the original game and maybe even uh, send the franchise in a different direction, a, a true reboot of the franchise. Yeah, there was a part in the trailer that you showed me, the thing coming down from the ceiling that literally like <laughs> skyrocketed me back to watching my cousins. Oh, man. 
If you haven't seen the trailer, do it. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at photos of it right now because you piqued my interest. And oh wow, I actually really like the cast they have for this. Yeah, it's um, it looks great. It truly does, and it will definitely be uh, something that uh, we'll be going to see in the theaters. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, The next up I have is uh, for the PlayStation original Uncharted that's coming out in February of next year. (laughs) <laughs> Isn't it my boy Tom I'm Holland? Excited. Yeah, Tom Holland and Mark oh. Wahlberg sharing the screen. And if anyone has seen this trailer, um, again, I feel like it's very true to the source material. Um, they they recreate, you know, some pretty uh, amazing scenes. Oh yeah, the so, cargo plane scene. Yeah, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. excellent. So, again. Uh, I feel like this is going to be really well done just based on the strength of the trailer alone. And the actors. And the actors. Tom Holland, very cool. Mark Wahlberg, very cool as well. I haven't seen a bad Mark Wahlberg movie ever. Don't try to change my mind. I've only seen like one. You basic white boys can keep your Ryan Reynolds. I raised you (laughs) a Tom Holland. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Also excited for the... um, Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, I've trailer. seen so yeah. many leaks and spoilers for that. I just wanted to do the next trailer for it and just let me watch it. You, right? You, we I could think... probably have our own episode about... Uh, you could have like three no episodes about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think the next trailer is supposed to be supposedly dropping either tomorrow or Friday with the Eternals. I've seen so many no leaks for it that I feel like I've already seen the trailer and I just I'm, I'm ready to on like Reddit on somebody's recording of somebody else's phone. Oh, no. <laughs> it was horrible. That sounds like a headache. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway. Next up we got uh, December of 2022 we have the animated Super Mario film voiced by <laughs> Super Mario voiced by Chris Pratt. I believe Luigi is going to be Charlie Day. Mm-hmm. From Always Sunny, I believe. Yep. Yes. That's yeah. right. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll get into this a little bit uh, more because I'm going to touch on uh, the original Super Mario Brothers movie very shortly. Love that movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> you might be one of very few. I love hey, that crash hey, can hey, fire listen. so much. <laughs> listen. <laughs> It's well, so we'll get bad. to that. It's we'll good. get to that. <laughs> well, and, and then the last I want to touch on because I think it's uh, of note is that HBO um, is going to be bringing out another PlayStation original, and they're making it a series, and that's The Last of Us. <gasps> yes, oh. I heard about that. Yeah, and there's not a lot oh. of information about it. It is in production now. They're up in Canada shooting it. Um, it does have. It does star Pedro Pascal of Mandalorian yes. fame. Oh my god! Who we love. Yes. yes. And he is going to be playing the uh, male lead, Joel. And oh. um, they've they've shown a couple um, shots from the uh, from shooting that really look like there's a lot of attention to detail to re- recreating some of these um, environments and scenes and even expanding the universe even further. And if it's uh, if I know HBO, it's probably going to be very well done. So everyone, renew your HBO Go subscriptions <laughs> and uh, buckle Thanks, up because Liza. this looks good. Gordon, are we paid up? Why is that? Are we paid up? <laughs> Mine comes out of my account every month. What are you talking Wait, about? So Dylan is still using HBO. yours. Dylan mooches HBO off of Lizette and I mooch it off of Gordon. Is that what we just discovered? That's yes. what I just heard. <laughs> I'll 
Probably, to be fair, I mooch Netflix and Hulu off my dad, so there's that too. <laughs> you use my Crunchyroll, I think. I don't know if you actually I mean, have. I have everything, know. including Crunchyroll, Funimation. Just, yeah, Gabrielle. Um, I haven't Funimation yet. YouTube Premium, Amazon Prime, uh, I pay... Max, Netflix, Disney Plus, CW, Dropout, Hulu, Paramount Plus. <laughs> what? I was wondering if Gordon so, had fallen asleep, so uh, yeah. If any of you need us, want, want. He's yeah, probably using one of his many streaming services at this moment. No, I'm playing a video game called uh, Dead Cells, which is <laughs> fucking amazing, and I recommend it for everyone. And I just went quiet because I lost an hour and a half run that I was doing really good on, and I am very upset at myself for losing. Well, um, tune into <laughs> twitch.tv slash Gordon. Uh... <laughs> Yet, no, I don't have one of those. <laughs> Yet. Anyway, Yet. back to what Bob was saying. Let's regroup. So, um, video game movies, as I'd mentioned, kind of a, of a rocky path. Um, did you guys know that the first video game adaptation for a movie was, in fact, Super Mario Brothers? Oh, no. I didn't know that was the first. Yeah, 1993. When did and, um, come out? What's that? What year did Tron come out? I think 98, I think. I can That's Google hilarious. that. Uh, if, uh, if my uh, uh, lovely wife could check that for us while I'm going through these. But, uh, you know, yeah, what's, interesting, what's interesting is that... Well, uh, it says Tron was released in 82. 82. Hmm. Well, I stand corrected. <laughs> but Sorry, I'm a nerd on this. I apologize. Do not apologize. No, no, it's all good, man. Uh, but most video game movies have received less than a 40% rating on Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic. And, uh, you know, Super Mario Brothers, as of uh, time of recording, has a 24% rating. And even back when it came out, it only did $38 million worldwide at the box office. And that's Super Mario Brothers. And it had been out for, you know, the video game had been out for like 15 years at that point. And, um, you know, Gordon, I personally liked that movie. I thought it was a very, it took a lot of risks, honestly, because, you know, again, now, uh, as I stand corrected, it's one of the first video game movies. And uh, they took these characters and the storyline and they put it um, into actually like a more darker dystopian realm and gave like different perspectives on like those things like Yoshi, instead of being a dinosaur that you rode around, he was a, uh, a basically um, busker who was turned into a Goomba and, you know, hmm. became a part of the, uh, of the, of King Koopa's fours. But um, then after that, shortly thereafter, they came out with the Street Fighter movie, if anyone remembers that, with Jean-Claude Van Damme. I have never actually seen that. I remember it vaguely. Well, so Street Fighter followed Super Mario the very next year, and it didn't do very well at the box office either. Um, It only pulled in $99 and has a 13% uh, Rotten Tomatoes uh, rating and it kind of just goes on. Um, Mortal Kombat in the mid 90s did pick up a little bit, did bring in more at the box office, and then they did do a sequel that I guess tanked horribly. <laughs> but it wasn't until the Resident Evil franchise 
that uh, you know they made six movies. Those six movies brought in one point two three billion, yes, billion dollars. Okay, Doctor Evil. I had no uh, idea that 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 was that successful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, none of them were very highly rated, but you know, me being a fan of that video game, I still watched it, and I believe, as Dylan said, it's a you know just a different uh, presentation of of that storyline, and you know. Then after so many movies, you become invested in it. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to see this one through. Mm-hmm. You're like, how does it end? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. How do you, what do you mean there's a seventh? Now I have to watch this as well. <laughs> the last one was called Final Chapter. I'm confused. <laughs> I just hit my mic. Sorry. <laughs> you know, and then it goes uh, through the Tomb Raider with Angelina Jolie that uh, brought in a lot of uh, revenue between the two movies. And it had an average of 22% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, so very low ratings right um some people may like them but but largely there was not mass appeal Mm -hmm. i like them better than the new one the newest one i haven't even watched the newest one because it's just something about it just made me angry it's just the (laughs) actress herself it just it doesn't fit her for what they have her based off of for the newest video game that might be what the problem was i just she doesn't fit it no I don't know. I just remember seeing well, going and watching the Angelina Jolie ones with my mom, and her and I both really liked them. And then I started yeah. playing the video games, and then I was like, oh, this isn't actually what this character is supposed to be like too much. But <laughs> fond memories, still like the movies. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and again, I'm not bringing these stats and saying, see, these movies suck. That's not it at all. Like, oh, again, yeah, I'm yeah. a big fan of the Super Mario Brothers movie. At the time, I was really into Street Fighter, uh, so that movie was very cool for me. And, of course, we talked about Resident Evil. But what my point is here is that since 2018, the majority of theatrical movies based on video games has over a 50% rating on Rotten Tomatoes and big multi-million dollar box office numbers. Example, uh, that is you talked about Tomb Raider – it was rated at 52%, and just the one movie alone brought in $274 million. Uh, Rampage, back in 18, brought in $428 million. It was at 51%. They made a Rampage movie? Like this, this video game with the three monsters? That yeah, yeah, yeah. The Rock's they, in it. Yes. It's, it's the Rock I did not know that. That's why I, I didn't, didn't know watch that. it. <laughs> I love that game. I didn't know they made a movie about it. Yeah, Um I have not personally seen it, but it looks cool, and it's definitely something that, like, if I had the chance to, I definitely would watch it. Mm-hmm. And then um, 2019, pre-pandemic, Detective Pikachu, Fantastic. 68% wow. on Rotten Tomatoes, $433 million worldwide box office. Wow. So, you know, as you can see, it's really ramping up. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Back in 2020, even in the pandemic, 63%, $320 million. $320 million. Was mm-hmm. that the one that Jim Carrey? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> he played Dr. Robotnik. That's right. I love him in that. It's so good. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I heard it's vintage Jim Carrey. It is. Ah. And that's honestly probably what I liked about it more than it being a Sonic movie. It was just, it was Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey. 
So Sonic the Hedgehog is very interesting. So this movie has had been in the works since right around the time of the first Super Mario Brothers movie. But Super Mario's did so bad, you know, in theaters at the first run, uh, the people over at Sega was like, hold on, maybe we shouldn't do this, <laughs> you know, and they, they, were, they kept holding it off and holding it off and holding it off. And then maybe like a couple years before um, this Sonic the Hedgehog came out, they leaked like an image of Sonic online. Uh-huh. And I guess the internet just ripped it apart. And they the studio ended up changing Sonic's appearance. So where I'm getting at with this is I feel like Hollywood is definitely moving in the direction where they want to serve the fans because, you know, not only is it going to, uh, they have that built-in base, but if the fans are happy and then they can make it approachable for people who don't play the video games, they have much more opportunity to make more sequels, merchandise. Or bring them over to the video games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, Bobby, I'd like to interject a point with the Sonic thing because I, um, I was a part of when that happened. <laughs> Yeah, they didn't, they didn't. They went through and had to redo the entire film. That's mm-hmm. what I thought because the people because everyone said that the Sonic looked like an abomination, and that they no one would watch it through and started the entire film at least Sonic's um, animation from scratch and had to go through and redo it all. The so they had to redo it, that entire animation with him. The film was in post production. It, it so, got paused for like a year and a half so they could yeah. reanimate him properly. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It was amazing. <clears throat> yeah, it it was I... a big win for the everyone. It was just a huge win for everyone involved that got it, them to change their mind. And it paid off, right? I mean, everybody likes the movie that's seen mm-hmm. it. It's weird how that one actor's always kidnapping or ends up talking to the... Uh, fake animated characters. He does fill that role in quite a bit. Like, every movie I see when it comes to CGI characters, he's always the person who has to be crazy enough to talk to them. <laughs> wait. <laughs> wait, I gotta figure out who this is. Is it Brendan Fraser? Sorry, Lizette. <laughs> I was I, I, I was just thinking about I can't about remember who it is, and I'm all, is it ben honestly, too lazy to look it up. But and he's in um what is it Hop that Easter movie with the rabbit he he um kidnaps Easter Bunny. What, um, who are you talking about? I, yeah, now this is gonna kill me. Um, in Sonic, exactly he happens to be Sonic's about. um partner, and then like in three or four other movies, I think he is just the he is the actor I think of when I think of who's gonna be the uh, this CGI character's partner. It's um... this actor. James Marsden. James Marsden. Oh, oh that, that was Cyclops from the X Men series. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I forgot he did that. <laughs> yeah. He he is always like paired with the CGI characters because for some reason it, it just works every time. Hey, multiple personality disorder, maybe. You never know. I'm not trying to diagnose somebody, but maybe he's easy <laughs> to talk to animated things. You know. <laughs> Whatever works. It makes him money. So, Bob, to get back to what you're saying, so you're you're thinking based on the numbers, based on the Sonic situation, Hollywood is kind of appreciating the built-in script that comes with producing video game movies. Yes, I I feel like it's it's definitely trending in that direction instead of just loosely tying, 
you know, these movies in with these Hollywood renditions, like they're really, you know, again, trying to capture the spirit and, uh, you know, again, just going back to those four things I talked about um, that are coming out, it just, they just look so well done. And whether you're, you've played the games or not, I feel like it's going to captivate people. The only one I'm a little on the fence about is Super Mario because, um, I don't know, there's something about me that would like to see another live-action Super Mario. I agree. But then I kind of feel like if it's going to be a show or a movie that's geared towards family, you're going to have a younger audience, so like a younger demographic. And I'm thinking from like the kids' perspective is that kids would be more engaged and more attentive to an animation that's why they like cartoons for the most part they can pay attention to them the fast moving colors fast moving objects Mm -hmm. Um, i think it makes sense to do it as an animation if you want to hit the younger generation and then why wouldn't you want to hit the younger generation because who are their parents us (laughs) and we Mm -hmm. played that video game when we were their age so you're also watched that movie right yeah yeah, we also watched that movie so like you're getting both ends of the spectrum so you're gonna hit a very large demographic of people that are going Mm -hmm. to like it for multitudes of reasons if you do it as an animation style and and i hear you i totally agree with you you're not wrong in any of those points and I will definitely be watching it when it comes out. Oh, yeah. But I feel like I can reserve the right to be like a Last Jedi detractor and be like, wah, they didn't make a Super Mario Brothers movie just for me. Well, I also feel like them doing an animated route with it is Jesus, their way of doing it safely. Days. That's true, too. Yeah, it's safer to go with an animated route. From a well, production you know, value, from the Last Jedi was, was the it. best uh, in series of the new movies change my mind <laughs> i don't even want to start that conversation no, that's anyhow crowd. that's another podcast okay, okay crowder set up your table like <laughs> <laughs> no, my, well, again my no. apologies to those who i may have offended uh <laughs> on air here and at home but uh bob get bob offended, it's fine bob get, gets canceled after this episode <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's why I... you don't bring up Star Wars. <laughs> we do need to. We do need to revisit the Star Wars. We have to do that because we've been putting it off and putting it off. We have to revisit because that was the whole thing that got this podcast started. I mean, you do have the Millennium Falcon as your logo for a reason, right? Right. Bring the EU back. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I I kind of like how you're talking about like yeah that video game movies feels like it's being taken more seriously like with the movies mm-hmm. coming out with the, the, the attention to uh detail with the story like you were talking about steve where you were saying you know like yeah there's a built-in storyline with the video game why wouldn't mm-hmm. you just play up to the fact that you have a built-in storyline you don't have to be creative you don't have to retell it people fell yeah. in love with the video game for that story for a reason mm-hmm. let's just do it and do it right and that's exactly it you know just the writing of these games you know are so good it's on a movie level already. Right. The game. There's there's so much production and value already put into the game. You might as well reuse that. Yep. Because that is what people want to see, and, and they're slowly learning that. Do with all things. the effects. And and Holly James Cameron. <laughs> boom boom pow. I, every time I think of him, I just associate it to that episode of uh, South Park. Where he like <laughs> raises the bar, or lowers the bar, or whatever. <laughs> Fight me, Cameron. <laughs> uh, 
That's so good. But uh, yeah, you know, um, I just think it's a really good time to be a gamer and see these um, titles that are coming to the big screen. I feel like I feel like everybody's going to be satisfied. Yeah. I mean, I was excited for the new Monster Hunter movie and then I saw the trailers for it and forgot it existed. Right on. I don't. I'm not, I'm not familiar with the Monster Hunter brand. Yeah. It's a very basic theme, and they kind of destroyed it with the movie. Mm. It sounds so familiar. I've probably seen it or something. And you, a little off topic, also very... Oh, I'm sorry, I don't want to talk No, about you're it. good. A little excited for The Batman coming out oh. this year, too. Hey. When the trailer dropped, Gordon and I were like at work, and we both were like listen, like watching and listening to it in separate parts of our small kitchen. <laughs> it was very <laughs> funny. <laughs> it looks so I'm, good. I'm so pumped, Dylan. I I don't want your negativity, bro. Like it's not negativity. Like... It's not negativity. I'm just it's, ma- it's constructive I, criticism. I, I, it's not even criticism. <laughs> I've had my good Batman movies. I'm happy with where Batman is at. No need to do them for seventh, fifth, sixth time. Anne Hathaway's Selena Kyle was they've absurd. They've turned him into James Bond joke. at this point with the amount of actors that has played Batman. Or Doctor Who. Or Doctor Who. But Doctor Who has a good reason for that, and we won't trash talk that show here. We do need to do if a you Doctor trash Who. Trash talk Doctor Who. I will physically fight you. <laughs> I don't think anyone was trash talking it. Gordon, go back to your your Minecraft. I'm not playing Minecraft right now. I was going to say, at least they didn't do to Batman what they did to the 007 series, where they killed off their main character and replaced it with a black woman. We're, we're, not, we're not doing the... Are we doing the politics thing? We don't really need no, to do I'm that. Just, is, is, just saying. Is that actually true, or is that just rumor? It, it's, no, it's true. Go watch the movie. I'm not going to watch the movie, because Pierce Brosnan isn't James Bond anymore, and I will die on that hill. You right. have a lot of hills. I, I, I you might as well to... call them mountains at this point, Stephen. I, yeah, and I'm going to die on all of them, Dylan. Yeah, <laughs> to... cave, it's fine. I'm gonna, it's going to be a very busy that's Friday. <laughs> I used to be in the same mindset when it came to Spider-Man. I was like, give me Tobey Maguire, give me death. Yes. You know, and then I kind of turned off when, uh, you know, he didn't come back. And then when I was, uh, when we were watching um, Avengers Endgame, that's the first I had seen Tone Holland as Spider-Man. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? He's pretty this good. looks pretty cool. <laughs> so now we gotta, uh, we're gonna try to jump in and get caught up with uh, those movies before uh, No Way Home comes good. out. Tom Holland is a king, um, and I do have to plug his movie. If you are a fan of like thrillers, watch his Netflix movie, uh, The Devil All the Time. It's about like him growing up in a very small town, comes from a very bad home life, oh. and there's a uh, up and coming youth. I shouldn't say youth pastor. He's just a young pastor, mm-hmm. moves into the town, and it's a fucking crazy trip to get from point A to point B. But Tom Holland's acting is phenomenal, and like my dad's like very heavily critical on movies, but I, I was like, you need to see this. He's watched it three times. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's awesome. It's a good movie. I I love Tom Holland, and I think he is my Ryan Reynolds. Like, he is probably, like, I will, he could um, 
he could be SpongeBob in a live action SpongeBob and I'd watch it. You know what I mean? Like I would, a kid does no wrong. So you are excited for Uncharted, Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg together. Absolutely. And I never even played Uncharted one day in my life. Not one day. Me neither, but the trailer for this movie is like ridiculous and it looks awesome that I'm excited for it. But uh, yeah, now that I've uh, set the internet aflame, um, that's all I have on that. So, (laughs) oh crap! The internet is always on fire. You can compare it to a trash can fire as well. I wanted to make a point about when we were talking about Sonic, like how Twitter is literally the hellscape of the internet, and (laughs) but Twitter is who mobilized on that Sonic thing and got it done. But. It's the most toxic social media platform. I think we can all agree. If you have a Twitter, it's it's awful. Like, yeah, but says the guy that says I retweeted this. I mean, I shared. I mean, really, that's just because I'm aging and I don't know the terms. I wasn't gonna bring age into it. That was all you. Hey, hey, now that I'm thinking of it too, I think that happened for the live action Aladdin. They changed up Will Smith's appearance. Because they freaked did. people out. Oh, yeah. I, I, I remember do remember that. that. And I love me some Will Smith. I, I loved the live action Aladdin. I thought it was I fantastic. Seen it yet. <laughs> I was surprised at how good it was because of all of the Twitter shit. I thought it was going to be horrible. And I love that they casted like Bollywood actors. And yes. they really like that is the one time where identity politics works in filmmaking because it's like actual representation of what the script is and i have to agree with gordon if this whole thing is true that they're like taking james bond who's a legacy character ian fleming who's been writing the books forever i think ian's mr fleming's past or whatever not whatever but i think he's no longer writing books sensitivity out the window (laughs) send me my cancellation notice um but (laughs) i believe that they're uh no longer producing books but they're producing these movies that to me is where identity politics doesn't fit. Like that's a legacy character. And I love that they did right by Aladdin by being true to, or true as true as possible to origin. I heard, and and now I'm just speaking completely off the cuff. I heard a rumor that perhaps the next 007 could be John Boyega. Who's that? Mm. He was Finn in the newest star Wars. I've heard oh, so many shit. He played Leto in the newest Dune movie, too, I believe. Haven't seen Dune. I want to see so that. Fantastic different. movie. Sorry. I tr- I watched it for 10 minutes, and I turned it off because I was bored, Dylan. Um, <laughs> You're a fool. Dylan, you have no allies on this podcast. I never have allies. I have. <laughs> you need to watch the original movie, Liza, if you want to be bored. Nah, I'm good. No, we're going to watch the whole... <laughs> Four hours of it one of these days. Sure. I'll get some knitting done while it's on, I guess. <laughs> I'll be like my sister. She gets bored. She pulls her knitting out in the middle of a dark movie theater when I paid for her ticket. <laughs> I mean, that is the queen of being unbothered. <laughs> like, oh, I'm yeah. just going to admit. <laughs> nah, she did, it. she did it when we were watching the remake of The Lion King when it got to where Scar's song should have yeah, where, where it got to where Scar's song should have been and it was not. I look over and she's pulled out her knitting and I'm like, Deborah, put that away. She's like, no, I can't. In a fucking movie theater? That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, no, it was dark. Like, she was knitting by the light of the movie. And I'm just like, Gabrielle, put that away. I'm like, I paid for your ticket. She's like, I can't do it, Liza. She's like, I can't. This this is horrible. 
She's like, I, I need to distract myself. I'm like, I'm sitting here suffering. You're going to sit here and suffer with me, too. This is, it, it was the Justice League all over again, Dylan. When you and Dylan, you wanted to leave. And I told you, no, I paid for your tickets. You're going to sit here. Did I want to leave during Justice League? Ass in chair. Ass in chair. That would not surprise me one bit because that was a terrible movie. Yeah, you and Delaney both were like 20 minutes in. You kept looking at me going, Wait, can was we that, leave? Was that Justice League or was that Batman versus Superman? No, it was oh, Justice League. They were both trash. No, exactly. It was just, it but... was Justice League. It was Justice League because I took the two of you and the two of you started begging me 20 minutes in if we could leave and I made you sit there because I paid for all of our tickets. Well, congratulations. I'm going to buy a copy of Dune and you're going to have to suck it up. Can I, can I backtrack? I just remembered a, a counterpoint I had from earlier. Carmen, you yeah. had mentioned you had mentioned um, Super Mario's being animated and how it was going to broaden the audience, and I definitely agree with you. But can I give you an example of where that's gone wrong that I don't want to see oh, Nintendo there are fall of into? Where that's gone wrong? Absolutely. Let's start that chronic, that list. <laughs> D- DC Universe. You know, I mean, uh-huh. like their their live action has been so trash, but their animated movies are consistently getting downloads, rents um on amazon on hbo max they're they're doing good numbers now and it's all their 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 animated extended universe is better and more profitable than their live action Mm -hmm. so that is my only counterpoint to what you said about being pro animated mario bros i'm a little worried i don't want to see them go the dc route and like fall into where everything's animated and there's never any hope for a successful live action like you don't want to see them pigeonhole themselves into only the animation series but i agree with what you said though i think that you're right they're going to hit a lot more demographics and market wise they're going to do better but i'm just worried that they're going to pigeonhole themselves yeah well you know if there's anything that you could bank on is hollywood short uh uh attention span if you will so they'll probably reboot it in like three to five years anyway so that could be a whole episode itself is the amount of reboots that are just made now anymore right the unnecessary ones listen the unneeded ones (laughs) what's that expression that i've lived through enough crises in my lifetime like i think we all can we've seen those memes where it's like we've lived through a lot of traumatic events I don't need another three years of Hollywood just giving me reboots. That's another crisis. I, already, I can't do it. It's it's coming here soon. I can feel it in the horror movie genre as we're going to get a wave of reboots. <sighs> I can't do it. I can't do it. Here comes I, that's the Ghostbusters, though. I'm all in. <sighs> all right. Well, here's First the thing. First off, though. why would you ever want to reboot a series that was already good in the first uh, two movies? I love uh, me. I it's love a ca- my It's an easy cash cow. That's probably why. Well, I, that's a good point. The, the cow gets tired of the milking. Oh, I, I love, agree. I love my I Melissa agree. McCarthy, but the all-female reboot of Ghostbusters broke my heart. It was so like, bad. I'm sorry. They, they literally had such a stellar cast, and they dropped the ball. They did. Right. They, they just then, fell down the stairs with it. It was the writer's room, and it was the director. It was not the talent. No. I'm sorry, it was not the talent. Oh no, it was the script, in my opinion. It mm-hmm. was the script. Yeah. And the, the editing room floor, they they fucked it all up, and it killed me because I, Melissa McCarthy could open uh, a sandwich shop on the corner of Westmont in corner store in Westmont, and I'd be there every day. That yeah. woman can do no wrong in my eyes, and that just broke my heart. And like, I can't live through these crises anymore. I can't do this. Like, don't give me any more traumatic events. <laughs> 
stop remaking movies. <laughs> I feel like Ghostbusters Afterlife. I mean, just based on the the trailers. I mean, I think it's going to be strong. You have okay. Paul Rudd, America's sweetheart, who doesn't love themselves, some Paul Rudd, but then who hasn't have... aged since the nineties. He's literally a vampire, right? He's immortal. He's Edward he's fucking chasing, Cullen. That snail's chasing him. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> you have a. Uh, Finn, Finn Howard, I believe, is his name from Stranger Things. So he's, you know, already kind of like in that supernatural genre. He's going to know how to react well in these scenes. And I, I feel like he's going to do well. He's going to bring a lot, you know, to the film. And then they're going to put enough, uh, you know, nostalgic uh, items in there to give everyone the feels. And I have high hopes. Can I tell you one tab- one series that is off the table for a reboot? Hmm. If they... If they bring back or attempt to bring back uh, Back to the Future in any form of a reboot, no. I will riot. Well, I will you know, riot. Um, what's interesting about that is is that um, Robert Zemeckis uh, refuses to sell the rights off to that. So it, people have been trying to reboot it for years, but they won't let it go. And then I think that... Uh, um, he has some sort of agreement to like the heirs of it, his family, like that they can't reboot it either. Hell yes. As so, one should with a classic. That is mm-hmm. legacy. That is iconic. That is, I don't want anything to come along. And everything, everything's wrapped up nice and neat. What more do you want? Yeah. I get we, it. We, uh, had to go th- we already had to go through the Western train thing. I don't want, I can't handle it anymore. I like that movie. physically. I like that one too. I, I, I like that feature three. It, it was a steam powered time machine epic you know this you could say the same for the indiana jones i think i talked about this the last time i was on but you know at, at the end of last crusade they literally ride off into the sunset mm-hmm. it's a perfect ending for quite literally a perfect movie and then the other one had to come along that we don't speak of where they like kicked him out of a refrigerator of a plane or some shit it was ridiculous like no, he, he survived a, a nuclear, nuclear blast in a lead line I like that movie. I got blackout drunk. It was so it was such a traumatizing experience. I couldn't do it. We'll get ready for Indy Five coming to a theater near you soon. (laughs) Oh no, that's not true. Yeah, it's it happening. It's they happening. had to pause production because Harrison Ford got injured on set. Didn't he break his leg on a plane door? I don't know. He did something. He He closed the he closed the refrigerator door in his leg. Who's gonna be the villain? Like, who are they gonna fight? Because he's already know. done like the Nazis, and then yeah. it was the Soviets for the the fourth one. Like, who's the bad guy? Aliens, again. evil ableists. They're nihilists. They don't believe in anything. He'll <laughs> <laughs> be a clone of himself from the uh, past. Oh God. Ugh. Look, now that you spoke that, that's what it's going to be now. You've you've enabled it. I can't do this. <laughs> I, I want no part of it. I'm going to not... I'm not subscribing to any of this. Ugh. Well, anything else to add to Bob's segment? Oh, actually, I do. I have one more. We're going to do a roundtable. One thing, even though I just... I guess this wouldn't be a reboot, but one video game series if you were a video game player that you would love to see make it to the mainstream like cinema and we're going to start why is that would you like to go first 
Because yeah. your answer is going to depend. My answer is going to depend on which one you say. Because I feel like we're going to say one of the same three things. Either one of you is going to say Kingdom Hearts. I know it. Shut up, Dylan. No one. I was speaking to you. <laughs> I actually was going to go off with something a little different, um, but I don't want to potentially take an option away from Dylan either. So hold on. Oh, I'm I have a at... lot of options. You shoot for it. Go right ahead. I'm, well, I'm looking at my video game shelf right now. So hang on a second. I'm thinking. <laughs> Um, I would be kind of interested to see a movie adaptation of Ghost of Tsushima, actually. That's coming. It's in the works. Is, is it really? Yes, it is. Uh, Sony is getting the rights to it through, um, who was it, who was it, who was it, who was it? Sucker Punch, so it should be good. Yeah. Okay. Sucker Punch picked up on that like the first month the game was out. Yeah. Wow. I believe. Okay. So that's exciting. Ask and you shall receive. Yeah. Does Drew know about that? He should. I believe I mentioned it to him. He probably doesn't remember. Probably not, because he didn't say anything to me. But then again, he might have been like, well, you didn't finish it, so I guess you don't care. But he didn't finish it either. So. <laughs> I haven't finished it either, so I, I was just getting ready to say, that reminds me, I need to plug my PlayStation in and keep playing that, because it's such a good game. Yeah, I need to take the PS5 back from him, because he put it on his desk, but he hasn't played it for like three weeks, so I'm going to put it back on the TV. And Is it an exclusive game? It's a PlayStation so, yeah. exclusive, but you can get it on PS4. Yeah, well, I play Xbox, so... Ugh, not nerd. <laughs> we can't use the title of our show as an insult. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Maybe it was a compliment. Maybe, yeah. Good for you for being an Xbox nerd, Gordon. We support you in your life decisions. Oh, I felt it spite in his voice when I said that. I I have no spite in my being that's being used currently to keep me alive, so... I heard sarcasm. I don't have enough to share with you. Oh, gosh. Okay. So, Bob, do you... What what video game that was not mentioned, that if you could see it on on a big screen, what would you... What would it be? Uh, That's gonna be Crash Bandicoot for me, Steven. (laughs) Oh, I thought you you were serious. uh, but no, I think it would be good. <laughs> I kind of like Crash. <laughs> no, I like Crash too. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, Crash definitely I'd be into. Um, I'm pretty much fair game for for anything. Um, you know, I'm surprised, honestly, somebody hasn't done like a Call of Duty, you know. And I feel like if somebody were to do that, you know, it could be very hastily done. And it might not be that good. But if you get to like the right action stars, and some of the plots of, of Call of Duty, especially like in Black Ops, um, the, the, the only good Call of Duty. Yeah, I think that would be a great movie. I think that's mm-hmm. that's a good premise. Um, also, I'm a big fan of the Far Cry series. Now, I did see in my research that there was a Far Cry movie. I was like, oh, didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. But I I would I would like to see that. I think. Okay. Carmen, what about you? I I wasn't a big video game player. The one that kind of sticks out to me would be Diablo. I don't even know if they have a video, like a movie about it already, but I know that that video game scared the crap out of me. So I think that would be a pretty cool horror movie, like Silent Hill, kind of how they Mm -hmm. make that into, Mm -hmm. you know, like a horror genre kind of deal. Survival horror. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think Diablo would be kind of cool doing it that way. Do you think Crash Bandicoot would be cool? No, I don't. (laughs) I think it would, actually, if Crash was actually a monster. (laughs) Just saying. You know, do it from the view of the citizens. (laughs) As he just, you know, goes and ruins everything. Literally. On his face. I send this man, uh, (laughs) send this man a pen and paper and he'll write you the script i, I hear it <laughs> i can hear it um so dylan with that being said what is your pick your top choice honestly less of a movie more of a tv show would be like a running series for halo oh right on love that i don't see it being a very good movie but i could see them doing like <clears throat> random episodes of a different story each time they have done something like that before they did like five short stories animated but I think it would be really good as a live action thing. And then another one for me would actually be Legend of Zelda Minish Cap. Ooh, would make yeah. a really good premise for a fun movie or a really fun TV show. It would be very entertaining to see Ezlo chew out Link exactly. on screen. Exactly. Animated live action, it would be perfect. Mm-hmm. Out of all the Legend of Zelda games, in my opinion. Yeah, I think you're right. Dylan, who would you want to voice or portray Link? No one. I want him to be mute. Like in the games. Like in the games. Ugh, I, I know. I get it. it. It pays homage, but I also kind of want him to finally have a voice. I know it's terrible. It, no, no. I agree with you. It would be really nice, but my thing is I could not pick somebody to have his voice. Tom Holland. <laughs> I was thinking that. In all honesty, I was, but I don't. I don't. I don't. I just don't see Tom Holland doing it as well. Um. Uh, do you know who I could see doing it? But you, Chris Pratt. I don't, well, no, no, no. <laughs> Listen, you guys already heard my rant. I'm so sick of Hollywood invading voice acting spaces. Do you know who I could legitimately see doing Link? because he would be able to do the age regression for when he's young Link to adult Link, would be Greg Sipes. Uh, you know Greg Sipes as the voice okay. of Beast, Beast Boy on Teen Titans. So he's actually a very prolific voice actor, and he has done aged-up versions of Beast Boy. He's done he, His resume is extensive. I could see him really like he takes on every path he, he's like terror he's the male terror strong in a sense he, he doesn't have as wide of a range but he takes it very seriously and he invests in the culture of whatever he's producing like he became obsessed with dc comics to do beast boy i could see greg sipes being the one voice actor that would actually really like study link's body language and his his connection with navi and whatever i think he would be the one that i would trust with it so speaking about voice actors, I do have one in mind because I wasn't thinking about it. I'm a big D&D nerd, and I've recently gotten to Critical Role through a couple friends. They are isn't that thing, I love Isn't that the thing you watch at work, Gordon? I wa- no, I watch Dropout TV, which if you are not a fan of Dylan, I highly recommend it, and I'll give you my password so you can watch it all. Oh. I might take that up on your offer because um, I've never heard of it, but it's interesting sounding. Um, they're, that, they're part... They are good friends with Critical Role, and Critical Role, I shit you not, I 
am up at three in the morning watching their four hour long live stream playthrough. That's what I'm about to do tomorrow night. All my days off. <laughs> tomorrow night I, is episode three of the third campaign. I'm so excited. I haven't started the third campaign yet because I picked up. I started watching them a, a couple months ago, so I'm trying to quick as quickly as you can watch over 200 episodes that are all four hours long of the first season and the second season. God, yeah, no, I didn't do that. I read a synopsis, and then I asked two of my friends who, Rory and um, Tyler Lizette, who mm-hmm. listened to it, and they just filled me in on everything I'm missing. <laughs> I've, I'm going to watch it all, but I feel like I'm going to end where I'm at right now with Critical Role and can catch up on their... Um, newest campaign so i can watch it as it comes out and then go back as i need something as they have thousands of hours of (laughs) over thousands of hours oh yeah it's insane but anyway dylan the act what actor were you gonna pick from that matt mercer the dm for that yeah he just he has that charisma i could see a certain links having I feel but like he's a, actually a voice actor. Like he a is. Real... No, he is. He is. Um, a majority of the Critical Role cast are voice actors. Ain't okay. damn oh, he was in Overwatch. That. that. Oh, God. yeah. yeah he, he is. He's a good resume. Mm-hmm. They all do. He... That entire cast is amazing. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. Cool. I'm here for I, it. I uh, recommend anything with them in it. Yeah. In all honesty. All Travis right, so Gordon, is still one of my favorites. Sorry. Sorry, no, that was my fault. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah. Gordon, what is your video game that you want to see brought to the big screen or the silver screen or whatever? Um, It would probably be Far Cry. Okay. I just like the uh, variety in their games themselves. I think it'd be a fun series of either TV shows or one-off movies for each different game as they are all vastly different from one another. So <laughs> good. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. So I think it would make a good series, especially as they keep coming out with Far Cries that are different from the next or last one. So it'd be uh, it'd be an ongoing uh, movie series almost. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think Far Cry has so much potential. That's why I, I you know, ended on it. Uh, there's just so much you can do, and uh, I would love to see somebody take that as far as it can go. And you don't even have to keep with how the games go because just how much you can influence what happens no matter what happens in the movies it would probably be on par for what any given person would do as a uh, as the main character in Far Cry slightly unhinged (laughs) really what drives the story for Far Cry is in fact the villains that's what makes the game so different Mm mm-hmm and I would be more excited to see who they would cast as the villains for each of those games than even, per se, the hero. Yeah, the hero could be anyone. Hero doesn't matter. It's always the villains. Especially in Far Cry 6, as the actor, as the mm-hmm. guy who voices and act is, acts the uh, character is already an actor. I like you got, you got your cast already set with this newest one out. Hmm. In my, at least, I think you do. Yeah, I, I have not played the newest Far Cry, but uh, it looks so good. I, I love, I love it. who they have as the villain. I love him. 
Oh, and that's it, just it. You end up really like liking the villains, um, too, like like Voss or Pagan Min or, you know, they're just great. Hmm. Actually, that oh, reminds wow. me, the actor who is um, the voice actor slash um, the main character in Far Cry 6, the people at Dropout TV over the pandemic, they have a few different TV shows that they run through their own site. And they had him come on and do uh, sound effects for um, one of their shows. It was either him or the uh, African-American actor in um, Spaceballs. I just can't remember which of the ones. Might have been both. Hmm. Interesting. But a very well-known actor that I'm surprised that they had the pull to uh, get him onto their show. Very cool. So I got to give my pitch, and it's not what you uh, pigeonholed me into there, Dylan. <laughs> huh? What? You, you kind of said I was either going to pick Kingdom. One of us is going to pick Kingdom Hearts, and as much as I would love to see that, I understand that like that'll probably never be a reality. But the video game that I want to see made into a film series, and this kind of rides off of, again, we're circling back to the Gordon mentioning that 007 may look different um when it comes to the whole identity of it all i hate when they recreate characters to fit a certain image when there is actual solid structured stories that are not being told that feature people of color or women or what have you you don't have to recast uh, a character to be able to tell a good story. There was a video game on Nintendo 64 that I, I, I believe it was popular, but I don't know if it was. Um, it needs to be made into a movie, and it's Perfect Dark. Or does anybody remember that or played it? Well, the title sounds familiar. I just can't recall it. So essentially, it. it was billed as the sequel to the Nintendo 64 GoldenEye game for James Bond and it was widely used a very similar uh, art style. It used a very similar play. It, it felt almost like you were playing GoldenEye, especially their multiplayer level. But essentially so like the same the, engine. Yes. Thank you. I was not thinking of the proper word, but essentially what it is, is you follow an agent, uh, a spy. Uh, her name is Joanna Dark. And uh, she receives a call from the, I assume it's a school that she went to for being able to be like one of the top spies in the country. And one of the doctors that is there, who's like very high up in the agency, essentially gets kidnapped for ransom. And they get kidnapped by <clears throat> the owner of the Datadyne Corporation. And um, you, so essentially you're, you're, the video game starts out where you're rescuing Dr. Carol. And then you kind of fall into this whole conspiracy where the Datadyne Corporation has ties to Area 51. You eventually go on to realize that they're hiding aliens and they're doing genetic research. And you actually, for a part of the game, have like a NCP, non or NPC, non-playable character that assists you. His name is Elvis the Alien. And he's, he's a gray alien. and He assists you through the rest of the game. 
it sounds ridiculous, but like that's probably what you know woke me up to conspiracy theories back in the day. Carl is... shaking your head no on this one. Um, because aliens are real, they're up to no good. I don't trust them. Well, Elvis <laughs> is a nice alien, and he wants to just help and get along. <laughs> All I can picture in my head, because, I'm, because I don't want to go to bed and have nightmares about aliens, is I have to picture you talking about this great alien named Elvis as With Roger El- from, <laughs> from American Dad. He looks similar. So Okay, he, then I'm fine. Then maybe I could play yeah, this game after all. He looks similar. Okay. And uh, it is truly like a video game story about like a female top spy who you just get immersed in this storyline. It has amazing multiplayer function. Um, it's it was one of my favorite video games growing up. It was, again, I remember I, you playing this. It was that, that's where I remember from. So good, and like she she was trained in so many levels of like firearm operation. Like there would be like levels where you were essentially like snipe. You had to like rescue hostages. You had to do data research. You had to hack into things. It was a very, very good game that with right, right now in today's world, we're trying to represent different people. That is the equivalent of a James Bond. And she already has a storyline. She already is built into the universe. There was a sequel in the video game world. I believe there was a revamp whenever like the Wii came out. I don't think it did as well as the N64 game, but I don't think it was promoted the way, same way because, like, they flat out said in the promotion for the N64, if you loved Goldeneye, you'll love this game. That's what made me buy it. But that is a built-in story. I encourage all of you to, like, read a little bit about it and see it on, you know, YouTube walkthroughs or whatever, playthroughs, whatever the kids call it. But um, such a good game, and I would love to see that go to the Silver Screen. Right on. Well, it has the the director for the game production is uh, Martin Hollis, who's the same one that did uh, Goldeneye. Okay, well, that's probably how they got away with billing it as like feeling like another Goldeneye. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it uh, runs on an upgraded version of the same engine, like mm-hmm. you were saying. Mm-hmm. Oh. Very good game. I highly recommend it, and I hope hope in my lifetime I'll see it as a TV series or a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, it's a good game. Elvis the alien. He has a little blaster. He follows you around. And he does all like the computer hacking and he, like has your back. But like, he'll like shoot. <laughs> if somebody comes up and is like trying to get you from behind, he'll like shoot him. It, it's, it was such a like a, a cool format. It was like it's the co-op. name Elvis for me. You know, right? And he has like all of his little alien family and friends that you meet in the end. I think. Anyway, I think that's all I got to say on that. Yeah, it was a fun topic. I like that one. Lizette, you want to take it out? Um, I don't remember what the outro is right now. <laughs> that is totally fine. <laughs> well, I want to thank everybody for tuning into this episode of Let's Be Nerds. I want to thank Lizette, Gordon, Dylan, Bob, Carmen. This is our largest cast recording, and I think this is our largest, I should say, longest episode to date. Um, I feel like it's been phenomenal. I want to thank Anchor, because without them, this would not be possible. Uh, Sponsoring the show really means a lot to us. 
if you want to stay in touch with us and be a part of the community we're trying to build, please see the description box below. Uh, you'll see the link to the Discord, and you'll see the subreddit. Please join up. Uh, if you like today's episode, leave us a five-star write-up review. Uh, leave a review. Tell us what we could do better. Tell us what you loved. If you're watching on YouTube, leave us a comment. Tell us what video game you want to see made into a movie. We just love to hear back from you guys, and it makes this whole thing worthwhile. Uh, I want to also give a shout-out to Charlotte um, for the artwork we were communicating during this podcast. Uh, you are welcome on the show anytime. I'd love to hear a little bit more about your experience with little Evan. We are definitely pro costume positivity and being yourself and expressing yourself. And the word nerd is not a derogatory term. We are all nerds in our own right. And that's what makes us awesome. And I hope you join us in that. And I hope you see what we're trying to do with this podcast. With that being said, I think that's all we got for you today. And tune in next time for another wonderful episode of the Let's Be Nerds podcast. Gordon, Lizette, are you guys as excited about the New Year's Eve special as I am? You know it, Steve. I mean, I know me and Drew are excited. We're both going to be there. And I think, Dylan, you're going to be there too, aren't you? You bet your shiny gold buttons I'll be there. <laughs> guys, do you know who else? Carmen, you're, you are coming. I don't, I'm so excited. Yeah, me and Bobby wouldn't miss it for the world. So this is going to be our first time doing a live event. And people that are listening can actually come in, join the chat. They can join in on a microphone or through text chat, and they can actually be a part of it. This is like the best way to end season one. I lost my left yeah. shoe no, thinking about it. <laughs> Knock your socks off. And I didn't even have those shoe. on in the first place, so just the shoe. <laughs> just the shoe. What time is this going to start at? So we're looking at, because obviously we have to celebrate midnight. So we're thinking around 10 or 10.30. We're going to have more details to follow. So this is really important. If you want to be a part of our New Year's Eve special, you have to get on Discord or Reddit. You have to be a part of the community to be on. I, I can't explain how excited I am for us to be live. We're going to take your chats. You can join in on the call. Tell us what you like about the show, what you don't like. This is going to be the most interactive we've ever been with anybody. It's so exciting. But Gordon, do you know what the real thing is? Is they have to have green room. Can you tell they them about green room? have to have green room. Green Room is a lovely addition to Spotify where we are able to go live and just be able to record with all of you guys listening in. You guys can ask to speak with us. You can join us. You can join in the live chat throughout the whole thing. We can bring you on so you can share your opinion on our podcast or just your opinion on some random BS like we love to do on our podcast and just chill with us all night. And Liza, do you know what the best part is? If you are you a listener to Spotify? Yes. If you have a Spotify account, you can just download the Green Room app and immediately create an account. How easy is that? Oh, okay. So it just ties into the account that you already have for Spotify. Exactly. It's perfect. It's going to be like a two-second download process and then a two-second sign-in process. Okay. Carmen, 
I don't know about you, but I would really think that it'd be cool if some of our listeners would like either join in on the voice chat or through text and tell us New Year's resolutions. Are you big on New Year's resolutions? Not so much on uh, resolutions, um, but I just love being with friends and family. And I think it would be a great time to have uh, more of our friends and family who are listening be a part of this so that uh, we get to hear from everybody. And what's a better way than celebrating the new year than to start off with a group of friends that are all on the same page? Exactly. Dylan, I, I can't wait. Are you excited? I am. Like I said, I lost my I lost my left shoe, and I think the cat took the right. Oh my gosh! I should fi- hopefully you're... find it in time. If not, like you said, I can join through Reddit or I can join through the Discord. I can't wait. Well, I will see you guys all there, and everybody listening. We hope to have you be a part of our special night. It's the season one finale. If you're enjoying the Let's Be Nerds podcast, please come join us. And let's kick off the new year together and safely and social distance and just kind of be a part of a group where everybody's welcome and everybody's accepted. Hope to see you there. Let's Be Nerds is hosted and executive produced by Gordon Bryant and me, Stephen J. McLean. Let's Be Nerds is a production of Speakeasley Productions. Our social media manager is Kylie Gregg. Our managing producer and co-host is Lizette Ayala. Today's guest host was Robert Van Jacobs. You can follow him on all social media platforms at Bobby Dub Music. To keep up with the latest on Let's Be Nerds, Join our Discord server linked in the description box below. Follow us on Instagram at Let's Be Nerds Pod or find us on Twitter at Let's the Letter B Nerds.